Hi, and welcome to episode 10 of Starting Nowhere. I'm your host, Brandon. Today, my guest is my friend, UFC fighter Billy Quarantillo. We talk about the path he took to get to the UFC, including some of the trials and tribulations he went through on the way. We also talk about what it's been like since he's actually been in the UFC in this weird pandemic world. Make sure you check out Billy's fight this upcoming Saturday, December 12th, as he squares off against Gavin Tucker. Please enjoy today's episode. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining me today, Billy Q. Why don't you go ahead and tell the people a little about yourself, because I've known you for like a decade now, so I know everything there is to know. Yep, you know everything. Um, and uh, thanks for having me, by the way, to, to start things off. I uh, appreciate that. Uh, yeah, so my name's uh, Billy Corntello. I, uh, I live in Tampa, Florida. Uh, we've known each other probably, what, at least 10 years about. Um, I one, one of the first people I met when I moved to from Buffalo to Tampa. Um, I've been basically chasing the goal of being a UFC world champion. Um, I'm in the UFC right now, three and O in my first three fights. So things are probably the best they've ever been for me uh, in terms of, uh, in terms of career wise. And uh, you know, I'm getting married in March. I uh, got my, I got my dog and my cat hanging out over here. So, you know, I got my little growing family and uh, you could say, and uh yeah man life is good and um yeah let's get this thing started absolutely man so i want to start with talking about the, the growing family and stuff like that because i was thinking about it earlier today you know i remember when you and brie when, when you first started bringing brie around and everything like that and uh there's always that moment when your friend male or female is dating somebody new and you're like oh man i hope they don't suck because i really don't want to hang out with somebody who sucks and i remember <laughs> man the first since the first time i met her Bree is a sweetheart man she is like an absolute wonderful person so i'm really happy for you too uh hopefully obviously things will be a lot smoother in march when the wedding goes down so you yes. can uh, get a little wild and crazy like you like to yeah exactly because i'm uh, i'm pretty much starting a training camp now but um you know in march it'll be i'm ba- i'm planning on taking off like the first couple months of next year uh depending how you know things go and you know next um but yeah she's she's a sweetheart she's perfect for me and uh you know I, you know i, I always kind of thought i was on this path to uh you know the ufc and a world championship and stuff like that and i always kind of thought i could you know i i always thought i was gonna end up doing it by myself you know just came out to florida uh didn't really have you know the the aspirations of you know, finding a wife right away, having kids and all that. Um, but you know, you meet the right person and, you know, she's been with me since I was one and oh, as a, as a professional fighter. Uh, now I'm, uh, you know, 15 and two in the UFC actually making, you know, real money now. Um, so it's just been a, a wild, wild ride with, you know, with her and she's pretty much been there my whole professional career. So it's, it's, it's really cool. And, uh, we're, we're excited, uh, you know, to tie the knot and, uh, you know, to, to keep seeing where, uh, where I could take this wild, uh, UFC ride. Absolutely, man. And it's really important to have a partner who supports you like that too, because it's already difficult enough to, uh, you know, date or marry anybody, you know, particularly somebody like us, but then you sure. add in the fighter life. Oh man, it's, it's nuts. So congratulations again on all that, man. But, uh, let's, let's dive into a couple of things here. Cause it's really weird. Like, dude, I've been f- watching you fight since like 2011 or something like that. I don't remember exactly. And I've seen you fight in Ocala. I've seen you fight in random places. Saw so you fight the dude in the Michael Myers mask, like all the nonsense, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, that comes with being like an amateur MMA fighter. But the craziest thing is after all these years of putting my dudes in and watching you fight, I still haven't made it to a UFC fight. One of them was my fault. Two of them are due to COVID. So <laughs> yeah. and now you're three and zero. So it's kind of like, uh, 
you know, circumstance, not sorry, not circumstance, uh, supernatural or whatever, where I feel like superstition, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where I feel like got I can't it. go see you fight live because you're doing such uh, so good. I'm like, I can't go fuck it up, man. I don't want to be the guy who messes this up. I know. That's funny. Uh, I know, man. And that was obviously the the reason why I'm like, hell yeah, I'll do your podcast, whatever. Uh, you know, any any of my friends that came to the Ocala fights, uh, <laughs> you know, to watch me and in, in Frivola and all those guys. And, you know, you've had your fights, too, in, in little tiny ass dungeon gyms. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyone anyone who I've known from those days, you know, I'm going to help you out and, and, and do your show or, you know, because of that, you know, because who knows that we would we would have been able to take it this far and uh yeah it's kind of funny that the the main shows that you've gone to were you know like amateur redneck shows and uh, now we're now we finally make it to the big leagues and we're fighting in front of less people in the UFC you know less people actually there mm-hmm. but now it's just it's a a quick uh you know a, a speedway through to this uh this this technology world that we live in you know i got my little like studio i'm putting up i see you doing your thing um it's a lot more of it's becoming you know digital yeah man and i'm I'm thankful for that stuff too because uh as you know i was military back in the day and so my first deployment not so much my last one but my first deployment back in 08 and when this technology wasn't as widespread it's way different world when you know you're trying to like write letters to people and stuff like that maybe get them (laughs) on a phone call and stuff you're like it's wild man so this is way different way better and i'm terrible at keeping in touch with people so since i've moved here to miami you and i probably have spoken only like a handful of times in passing or me talking shit on one of your uh, your facebook yeah. posts or something like that but that's about it yeah so. that's uh yeah yeah i mean and that's you know that's that's kind of life too you know there's you know people especially you know how tampa is people come mm-hmm. and go through here uh the most you know more yeah. than i've ever seen and uh so it's always great catching up to people and, and you know doing something like this is just a great way to uh you know kind of connect with people again and that and, and yeah you made a good point man we're uh these kids now are spoiled with uh being yeah. able to do all this stuff like back in the day i definitely remember writing letters in in my school and stuff like that and you know not having the, the things that they have now so it's all good yeah, though so I got to say, man, you're at that level of uh, fame that this has happened. I've watched this happen now like two or three different times in your fighting career, and it always annoys me when it starts happening. I'm always happy for you, but it's really annoying for somebody like me, <laughs> but I want to be selfish is because when you first start as an amateur, you're on the early part of the card. So we go in, we watch you, we go home, we go party and everything like that. It's like 8 p.m. We're out drinking already. It's great. You know what I mean? Uh, and then you did that same thing when you're a pro. You start off again at the beginning of the cards and everything. We go out, we party, we get done early. And now in the UFC, you started again. But now you're starting to get some recognition, you know, especially <laughs> with that last knockout you had. Uh, and now you're starting to push later and later and you're starting to cut into my sleep again. And it's like <laughs> I've watched this. <laughs> and I've watched it happen three different times. But tell me, how has it been, man, just grinding out through all those different stages of that career? And uh, the one thing that I really wanted to know is, did you prefer coming in through the Contender Series or would you have liked to get in right after the uh, um, Ultimate Fighter? Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's definitely been been a journey you know i'm i'm definitely used to uh you know being the being one of the first couple fights of the night um or being you know in, in the later card and actually you know these fights these these last uh two fights during the pandemic were both in vegas same with the contender series so they were actually in like what seemed like the middle of the day you know we went over there at like 4 p.m mm-hmm. because you know so like uh it was funny it's something i won't forget right after going like having this war with Kyle Nelson and like violently like punching him and knocking him out. Like one of the hardest I've ever hit anyone, maybe him and combo worthy, um, Mm -hmm. you know, having this violent fight and like doing like all this big media scrum after. And then you walk outside and we get into like our limo that the UFC like 
gave us for like the ride and it's me arroyo rawlings and my brother and we just sitting there and like we're just all looking at each other like dude that shit is that was just wild what just happened and it's like sunny out <laughs> it's like the yeah. middle of the night so um yeah it's definitely uh it, it's cool to, to get that recognition to be later on the, in the cards sorry for cutting into your sleep time <laughs> um the uh the question about um the contender series or the ultimate fighter yeah um i think when it happened you know, when I lost, uh, you know, got beat up on the Ultimate Fighter, Saul Rogers took me out. Um, I thought at the time that I was ready and that I was like, or that I didn't necessarily know if I was ready, but I saw other people on the, the show getting their chance to fight in the finale. You know, and I was looking at that like, oh, I'm better than these guys. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, in my head, I'm like, I should be, I should be fighting. I should do this. I should do that. But what I did from that, you know, I basically went back to the drawing board and I had to, you know, I knew I had to put the work in because they didn't see what I saw. Um, I knew I had to put a lot more work in. So I basically just worked my ass off, used that as motivation. You know, I kept saying, I'm like, you know, I'm going to get signed 2016, you know, 2017 is going to be my year. And then, you know, I tore my ACL and all this stuff happened. Mm -hmm. So, after all I went through and winning on the contender series and being being in the UFC now, knowing how much better I am now, I'm glad I didn't get signed then because now I'm already in the UFC and I I can already make that run. You know, I can I, I know I can already fight. You know, I think I'm like 40th in the world or something. And there's like 20 guys above me that I know I'm, I'm either going to whoop or give a really tough fight to. And then there's mm -hmm. the rest of the guys where I kind of think that too, you know, where I know I can compete with them where when I got, when, when I was in the ultimate fight, I think I was 25, 26. Um, I just wasn't, I wouldn't have been ready to beat everyone I have to beat. You know what I mean? Cause a lot yeah. of times the UFC, once you sign with the UFC, you're getting thrown right to the wolves. Oh yeah. You know, you know, you're, you don't have any, there's no more like easy fights or good matchup fights. So I'm happy that I didn't get in then. Would I have liked to have won the whole show and, and gotten signed and gotten some like easier fights? Of course that would have been great. But the way it happened, um, I'm closer to my peak right now or closer to my prime now than wait then back then like back then i probably would have lost one of my first couple fights probably would have got you know what happened against saul in the ufc mm -hmm. um and now i needed that maturity you know a couple more big regional main events you know uh and also getting more fans you know fans seeing me on there then seeing me bounce back and winning fights on you know in in fort lauderdale and in uh in western new york and stuff like that so mm -hmm. it kind of helped in that point too but really just how much i grew from that because if you think of it i was i was six and one my record was six and one when I got on the ultimate fighter. Um, and you know, it was about five years ago now and now I'm 15 and two. So I've, I've literally doubled my record. Um, you know, and even a couple fights ago when I fought to get in the UFC, it was still pretty much double the amount of professional fights that I've had. So mm -hmm. I've just come such a long way. Um, and, you know, being around all these other guys that, you know, like Uriah Faber and Conor McGregor and Chad Mendez and just so many guys that were already there. Um, getting that and having that experience now it it's I'm I'm in the UFC at the right time right now. Yeah, man. I think one of the things that you you said there that I think is what a lot of people need to learn is uh well really two things. One 
you may not get to where you're going by the path you thought you were. So keep going. And then two, like you said, I'm going to be in the UFC 2016. Well, okay, now 17, now 18. It didn't matter. You just kept going after it because you knew you still wanted it. Not just letting, you know, one setback being like, that's it, I'm out. I don't want to do this anymore. You know what I'm saying? So you kept running into that wall until you ran through it. So I think that's a lot of stuff that people need to learn for themselves and keep pushing themselves. But also, you know, some people ain't made for it. <laughs> Sometimes that, that'll tell you if you're not ready for the grind, if you're not ready for the process, yeah. then maybe you should uh, look at other goals. That And that is, um, it's a hard way for me to, cause you know, I've done, you know, I've coached our amateur fight team for years now. We've had mm-hmm. three very successful years that I've coached, you know, this year we're 11 and two right now. Um, and, you know, the two losses were against legit guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but just coaching them and motivating them and, you know, giving them kind of what we just talked about, how like you got to have that drive and that, that determination and motivation. Um, but some people just aren't made to do certain things. I, I, you know, I, I kind of, you, you can see it sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. I remember when me and me and Matt, me and uh, uh, Matt Favola, you know, trained with a bunch of guys starting off and we weren't like, it was, it was weird because it's weird to think about now. Cause when we started off, we didn't know, we weren't like, we didn't know like the techniques or mm-hmm. like knew what like MMA was or, you know, like we had very low fighter IQs. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we would spar with each other and spar with other people, we could tell we had something different, you know, and some people mm-hmm. have that, you know, like when I've sparred with you certain times, it's like, whoa, you know, like he's legit. Or like he really wants it this day or, or that day or whatever. And mm-hmm. we would go with certain people and we would kind of call out certain people and be like, oh, he's not really. We would say like, oh, he's not really like a fighter. Like he's not mm-hmm. a fighter. And what that means is it doesn't mean like they're not tough, but it just means like they're not going to go through it every single day, day in, day out, six days a week mm-hmm. for 10 years straight every single day, you know, two hours a day, recovering, recovering at the right time, getting enough sleep, eating the right foods, uh, being able to, to take those injuries, training with them, you know, cut the weight, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot to that, that you need, it's a certain type of person that needs to do all those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're not that, it doesn't even matter. Like the technique part doesn't even, it doesn't even matter. Yeah. You know, you could do the technique all day long, but if you go and get drilled, punched in the face and, and you want to go home and, and you can't come back the next day, uh, you know, cause in this sport, man, you just take a beating, yeah. <laughs> beating after beating, after beating, after beating. And, uh, you know, and, and some people, you don't, you almost don't even want to put them on that path. You know, I see some fighters where I'm like, Oh man, I want to be a fighter, but you know, they're only training a couple, <laughs> they're only training a couple of days a week and they're not, they don't want to come to, you know, jujitsu technique. Cause it's mm-hmm. boring. And it's like, well, you're going to be a white belt then. And who are you going to beat? You know, like maybe, and, and it gets even worse when they get an easy fight, they beat someone yeah. with no training. That's, that's the worst fighter to deal with when he's, he doesn't put the work in or he or she or whoever, uh, they don't put the work in and then they go and get an easy fight and they win it. And next thing you know, they think they're, uh, you know, God's green gift to earth or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, and they're not, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and they, and they, and they haven't put the work in and then they end up, you know, the inevitable happens, they end up fighting someone who's, who, who is about it and, and they take them out. Well, I, and that's the thing, man. I, I know exactly what you're talking about because that was, from my own perspective, that was me. Like I loved it. I was a, I'm a hobbyist though. I never knew one of this as a career. I never wanted the day in a day out type stuff. I just liked uh, learning martial arts. I've watched martial arts movies since I was a kid and everything like that. And I liked the camaraderie and the people that we were there with. So, you know what I mean? Like on my path shows exactly what hard work would get you because 
you and I started around the same time. Uh, you were a little bit more experienced than I was, so was Frivola and everything like that. But we weren't so far apart that like it was a world apart or anything like that. So if I would have done what you did, we'd be still relatively about that same distance apart. Absolutely. Skill level and everything like that. Absolutely. But it was for me, and you know, I just liked it as a hobby. I wanted to do it a couple times a week. Wanted to get a sweat in. Wanted to you know uh, up my skills of actually being able to fight and everything. And it shows. You know what I mean? Where I am today and where you are today shows that difference that hard work can get you. Because we again, we started relatively. Uh, you were way better wrestler, way better grappler, and uh, I was about equal with you, I think, as a striker or whatever. But now you, I can't touch you in any area of any kind of fighting, you know what I'm saying? And that's because of the work you put in and dedication you had to the craft, uh, no matter what else came from it. And so I, I know what you're talking about. And like I said, when we get offline, maybe we can talk about some names specifically. But there's a couple of them that pop up as well. And I remember those guys, especially because I used to assistant coach for you for a while there. Yeah, in yeah, the, yeah. yeah in, you helped me out for a striking. long time. Yeah, yeah that and was, then we'd have those guys. Amazing class. I still run guys come class. in, man. Yeah, oh, yeah, we would. Yep. That class was, yeah, a, a breeding ground for it. Of, mm -hmm. you know, South Tampa, uh, you know, douchebags, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I was, I, I was a part of that. You know, every, everyone went through their uh, South Tampa, you know, wilds, wild sprees in, in our early 20s. But, um, yeah. yeah, that, that was, uh, yeah, no, and, uh, you know, and, there's no one saying like what I did was the right thing or what you did was the right thing. Mm -hmm. It's all about everyone's individual journey, you know, cause who knows, like it's, it's not like, uh, you know, anything, the risk that I put into doing this, yeah. um, has been worth it for me. Cause like you said, it's, it's, it's for me, it was always just a hobby, but then I always just wanted, I'm like, I want to make this like what I could do. Like it was like my main platform. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like my, you know, art, or, you know, like what, what someone's podcast might be or what, uh, you know, a, a, a model's pictures might be my yeah. biggest platform. I wanted it to be that martial arts. I wanted it to be, you know, I wanted people to see my jujitsu and my Muay Thai and, um, you know, how hard I can train and, and how, how good I, how good someone can get at fighting if they just dedicate themselves to it and, you know, have like, have like the right mindset. Absolutely, man. And like I said, I'm all props to you. And I'm not ashamed of anything I do. I make the choices Absolutely. to do or not do whatever it is that I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? It's just it's really cool to see those people because now there's three guys from that old uh, from that old group. You know, yourself, obviously, Matt Frivola and Alan uh, yeah. also. And Alan went viral, viral too. <laughs> that yeah. uh, flying knee knockout, man. I, I shared it with him too because like even Business Insider, I'm like, Business Insider has nothing to do with fighting. And they're like sharing that crazy <laughs> knockout and everything. And I'm like, I loved it. But the way that you and Alan both got into the UFC – uh, through the contender and well for Vola too through the contender series but mm -hmm. particularly the way that you and Alon did it to me was the most viral because obviously you have Alon with the flying knee knockout and then you just beating the dude into submission you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying like when you're walking him down just you weren't yeah. saying this but your actions were you were basically calling him come on man stop being a yeah. punk let's fight let's actually go yeah. and then, uh, what was it Herb Dean I think ref that fight I can't yeah. remember yeah and he's eventually like no nah, man he's done he's done Herb <laughs> Dean stop the fight Herb <laughs> yeah. Herb's watching it no uh that'll always be yeah it'll I'll always look back on that it'll it'll be special um mm -hmm. you know because you know Alan was you know one of the first guys I trained with you know he was Alan so uh, I don't know how many people know this story but I um you know when I m first moved from Buffalo to Tampa um, Matt Fervola was visiting the same week and we both decided mm -hmm. to train at GTS. Um, I heard about it through my sister back in the day. She knew uh, Matt Arroyo and Paul from mm -hmm. UT. So I come down, Matt comes down the same time. So he, we basically joined pretty much the same day and Alan Cruz was there. He was like the, one of like the main fighters there. So we all just, you know, kind of hit it off, became boys trained together for a couple of years consistently. Um, and, but 
back then none of us knew anything, you know, like we all mm-hmm. wanted to be in the UFC and that was like our goal and our dream to be in the UFC. And yeah, basically I got on the, I got on the ultimate fighter first, didn't get in. Then uh, Matt Frivola got on the contender series and he got in the UFC mm-hmm. and then back to back weeks, um, you know, I got my TKO finish to get in. And one week later, Alon gets a viral knockout, like finished to, to literally get in the UFC. And, you know, basically at that point, we're all in it, all in the UFC, um, all within pretty much like, I think like a year and a half span, maybe two years, maybe for two years earlier, but pretty yeah. close, maybe, maybe a year and a half before. So a year and a half span of people that have been training together for, or, you know, have trained with each other and have known each other for 10 years. Uh, it's pretty wild to think. Yeah. But I, I love it too, man. Cause it shows it. First of all, how talented that group was and is, I should say, uh, but also just how dedication can get you guys there. And you all kind of got there back to back. And it really put, uh, I think, Tampa MMA scene on the map. And now a lot more people might be looking there, especially the GTS, because we know Master Matt, uh, Master Matt Arroyo, that is for everybody else, um, is incredible. He's an incredible instructor, incredible human being in general. And so we knew that working there and day in, day out, and especially somebody like myself, who I, I've trained uh, in the Middle East, I've trained a lot of different places, whatever, just through, you know, when I was traveling and stuff. And there's no place like GTS, man, period. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's my it's my second home. You know, I go there, uh, you know, I got a key to the gym. I go there a couple times a day, th- you know, sometimes three, four times a day. Um, and uh, yeah, what Matt's been able to do, you know, we he basically told us from day one, you know, I'm, he's like, I was just in the UFC. I know how to get you guys there. He knows, he, you know, he knows everyone in the UFC at, at all the different levels at the top to the bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, and now he literally, he's like, you know, if you stay here, if you train with me, if you listen to me and do this, and not only that, I'm like the, I'm the mentor side of he's given me, he's recommended books to me that I've read that I'm like, this is like so much knowledge and, and information that it has helped me. Um, and, you know, he's my manager now and, you know, we're in the UFC now and I'm happy to write him manager checks. You know, he earns them and he gets them, you know, we're both doing what we said we wanted to do. And I'm happy that uh, I've, I've stuck with him the whole way and he's stuck with me. And uh, even though we do fight sometimes, like, you know how yeah. we are, yeah. <laughs> we fight, <laughs> we fight all the time. And uh, especially like doing like, like jujitsu roles and stuff like that. We try to kill each other sometimes, but it, it, it is like a, a big brother rivalry like a sibling rivalry mm-hmm. um but he has you know he's built this huge beautiful gym like every night i teach a class and there's like 30 40 people there in the middle of a pandemic like mm-hmm. he's he obviously is doing something right he's done the right things to train like you know all of his coaches all of his students like a lot of them a lot of people go there and try to like basically mimic what he's done and, and all the other fighters. And it's built like this huge, like army of people that know how to choke each other and, and kill each other. <laughs> like yeah. a bunch of, literally a bunch of fighters, you know, yeah. and a lot of military, there's a lot of military people, police officers, you know, people on all, all different sides of the spectrum, you know, coming together and basically learning how, learning how to defend themselves, learning how to fight, learning how to, uh, you know, interact with people, you know, moving. Um, and, and a lot of people are, um, you know, they're going to be good UFC fighters. There's going to be another wave of UFC fighters in like five years. And maybe within the next couple of years, I really think that like, I got some guys that are coming up that, um, are going to carry the, you know, carry the torch really well. Yeah, man. I love it. And just make sure that we got all got a 
do whatever we can to make sure Bill, uh, Bruce Buffer gets the right card. So I, have a lot of, <laughs> I know it wasn't Bruce's dude. fault. I want to be clear. I know it wasn't his fault, but still hilarious. I know, I know dude. He, I, so he, you know what happened? He was, he yeah. got the wrong card, I guess. And he was like, you know, I'm getting amped up. I'm looking, I'm looking over at Kyle Nelson and then Bruce is talking to me and I'm, I'm thinking what every fighter thinks. Every fighter thinks this when Bruce Buffer's announcing, you're like, should I look at him? And I'm like, should I fist bump him? And I didn't fist bump him. Uh, I didn't I didn't fist bump in my UFC debut in DC because Favola told me that there's a Bruce Buffer curse where like yeah. if you fist bump Bruce <laughs> Buffer you're gonna lose right so I don't fist bump him and I'm like okay I'm like I'm not fist bumping and he comes over and, and he gets everything right Billy Cornello I appreciate it Bruce he said my name the right way go out there and beat beat uh, uh, Jacob Kilborn in DC like my whole family's there's just an amazing debut talk to him after I was like hey man I'm like Bruce you're a legend uh, I couldn't fist bump you though because like the curse and he looks at me he's like hey man he's like do you know how many you know how many winners there are he's like he's like I've heard of the he's like I've heard of the curse but he's like there's a lot more winners than losers and he gives me that look like and I'm like oh man I'm like that's so cool I'm like all right Bruce I get you next time so the next time I fight, I fight the Alpha Ginger. It was uh, Richie Martinez, I think his name is Richie Martinez. He does a great job too. He's the old mm-hmm. Bella. He's the old, I think WEC, old WEC guy. He yeah, does a yeah. really good job. He he hit my name perfectly, Billy Corintello. Um, so then this time Bruce comes up again, and I'm like, hell yeah, it's Bruce Buffer. You know, he's he's the man. So. I'm getting pumped up, ready to fight. And he's like, Billy Corn, or he's like, uh, what, before he said my name, he was like, and you know, my record at the time is 14 and two. And he's like 14 wins and eight losses. And I just look at him. I'm like, and I'm like moving. I'm like, and I look at him I'm like two Bruce. And he looked at me and he's like, and he's like, I'm reading. Like, he basically saying like, I just have to read this. And then he goes, uh, and then fighting out of Chicago, Illinois. And I'm like, move, I'm like literally trying to fight. And he's like, uh, give, give, like naming all these plays. I've never even been to Chicago before. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh man. And then Arroyo, Arroyo was, you know, made a good point. He's like, it doesn't matter, dude. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And I thought about that same thing. I'm like, I always have to have that same attitude, whether it's, whether it's fighting on ESPN with, with Bruce Buffer, or I'm about to fight someone, you know, like in a play at a playground or like in high mm-hmm. school or something, you know, like at like a party or something, it doesn't matter what they say before. It's just, you know, you just got to defend yourself and, you know, pick land your shots. Well, and that's the thing, man. It's funny because watching all those fights over those years that I did, I've heard so many different ways to pronounce your last name. I know. <laughs> and so that's usually where they go wrong. And he got that right, but then yes. like your record and everything else, I'm like <laughs> the easy stuff. <laughs> yeah, he, was... he messed up on the easy stuff, and he got Billy. He got, he they get Billy Corintello right mm-hmm. uh, every time. The the only the bad ones that I don't like are just when they say. Billy Corintio, because yeah. then it basically sounds like you're you're just skipping out on the I L L, you know T O, you know, so you can't do yeah. that. So it's either got to be Corintillo or a lot of people with like Italian accents, like Corintello, with like yeah. Corintello, like that rhymes with like Jello. Yeah, that's what Laura Sanko said. She's like Corintello, Jello, like she gets it. <laughs> so I wanted to talk about that second fight too. Well, all your fights really, but the it's funny to me because. You are probably one of the worst fighters in the entirety of the UFC to fight on short notice. You know what I mean? It's oh like, yeah. No, no, no. no. <laughs> like no. I know what you're I was like, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're terrible. I can hate you. No, uh, no, but I like, like seriously, your your debut fight, the guy fights you on like short notice. I'm like, dude, 
Billy's not the guy to fight on the short notice. Like nobody is really, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, like you, especially in your fight style and your cardio, uh, you're the one dude I've seen more than anybody who uses his cardio as a weapon. And I'm like, mm-hmm. this dude, there's no way. Like no matter how good yeah. this guy is, and you know, props to him. I, he took the fight, he took the beating like a man and everything. But I hope he gets another chance at some point. But no, you can't fight Billy Q <laughs> on short notice. And that was Jesus, dude. That was a hell of a way yeah. to make your debut. And that, um, that just, um. I was kind of thinking the same thing and I kind of, you know, I, I, I do feel like I wish he, he did get a whole camp. Mm-hmm. Um, he would have done, you know, a little bit better. I still, I still think I would have implemented my game plan. Um, but I was thinking the same thing and I was thinking that's the difference between the UFC and like a different promotion, because if another promotion calls you, uh, and they're offering you like one and one, like a mm-hmm. thousand, a thousand, you're not going to take, you're not fighting Billy Corntello on short notice, like not to brag, but like, why would you want to, I wouldn't do that. Like I wouldn't fight someone um, who's that level for like a couple of grand, but when the UFC calls, it's it's hard to say no. And I knew what he was thinking. He's probably just like, you know, I'm just going to try to, to, you know, throw some bombs. He was, you know, he was, he was a heavy knockout striker. His, Mm -hmm. his last two fights, he had like knockouts on the feet. And I was in a point where I'm like, I don't need a, I don't need a like I don't need a highlight real knockout yet. Mm-hmm. Um, what I need right now is a, a dominant win, and I'm yeah. like, how I'm gonna do that is I'm just gonna grapple you and make you, you know, make wear you down, grapple you, and just drag you into deep waters. Uh, and that's what I was I was able to do, and it was great great debut. Yeah, absolutely. And then you go on as you say to fight the Alpha Ginger, who. Uh, I don't know what it is with this dude. This is two fights now, two <laughs> Tampa, two Tampa fighters as well. Just has a magnet to the back of dudes' heads, and nobody will say anything about it in in the cage. And again, I know refing is a very hard job, so I'm not trying to talk badly about them. But how many hits to the back of the head does it take for before they say this guy does this? And even though they knew he had done it in the fight previously to Alon, yeah. And, and I watch your fight, and you go and you, uh, I think you shoot a double or something like that. And same thing. He starts just blasting back of the head shots. Yeah, well, yeah, he came out, and it was funny. We talked to the ref, the the ref, Mark Smith. He usually does do a pretty good job um, with, you know, like with, like, just calling stuff or, or warning people, and I think he did warn him, mm-hmm. but at that point, it's, you know, like, because before the fight, he was like, yeah, I know about your opponent, like, because we were like, watch the elbow strikes, because, yeah. you know, to the back of the head, because it's, you know, it's, you know, it's, to me, it is a fight, so you should you should be able to to pretty much do whatever, but since it is a rule, like, just you gotta you gotta you gotta follow the few rules that there are. So yeah. when that happened, yeah, he basically come out uh threw a, a front kick at me that I kind of like caught, like he hit me in like the face, but like I grabbed onto his leg and almost took him down right off it, right from the get go. He comes out like a maniac, um, and I almost take him down and I get him up against the cage. And of course, I watched the Alon fight a bunch of times, you know, mm-hmm. scouting him, and uh, right away he starts elbowing me right in the back of the head, and I feel like four, five, six of them right in like the like behind my head and i was thinking right there and like my like eyes were closed trying to take him down i'm like dude there's no way i'm letting this dude knock me out right now i'm like yeah. i'm just gonna fight until i die right here like i you know because like i was so mad it was like that like i felt like it was illegal and i felt like he was doing the exact same thing that he did against Alan. Mm-hmm. um so I, I just got pissed and then like we start grappling like I'm, I'm like, dude, I'm just going to try to go as hard as I can for the whole time. And it definitely put a pace on him. And I was able to grind out that win. Yeah, I paced uh, so hard that he just gets up with 10 seconds left in the round, tries to walk away. Yeah. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm like, what is he doing? And then, of course, <laughs> you do exactly what you're supposed to do, which is punch him in his stupid face. And uh, now another meme is created <laughs> from your fights, which I love. 
Yeah, that's my that's uh that's my uh the funniest thing that that's happened so far uh, in my career for sure. I, I sometimes I see on like the Instagram like discovery page mm-hmm. where it'll be like some like Russian website and it'll <laughs> post like funny music with it and everyone will be like doink like oink and like all these like weird like sounds and uh, yeah, it's all in Russian and stuff. It's it's pretty cool and um it it's funny though because if you only show that clip, it looks like it could be a dirty move. Yeah. You know, like you're, you're punching guy when he's walking away. But if you know the context, especially like the elbows of the back of the head to start the fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it's, I basically, I knew what was happening. You know, like he's trying to hit me. He's getting frustrated. He can't hit me, but he wants to act like, Oh, I'm walking away. Like this guy doesn't want to fight. I'm going to walk away. But mm-hmm. he wasn't landing anything. And my plan at that point is just to wear him down anyway. So he yeah. hears the 10 seconds and he gets up and he knows there's a little bit of time left. And I was like, I'm fine right now. Like, and I just popped right up and, and uh, got him. So uh, I, I knew it was going to be a battle. And, and once I landed that, I, I was like, it's, you know, he bit off more than he could chew. The, the second and third round are going to, it's going to be my rounds. And he really, after the first round, he didn't hit me with anything that like did any damage. He was really just like controlling me a little bit. But sometimes with that control, I was just bouncing elbows off his head. And like the next day, both my elbows were just like swollen. I was like stuck like this. Um, my whole body was banged up from that fight. It was definitely, um, one of, one of the, the rougher ones on my body that, uh, I was, I was happy to do <laughs> what I was happy about. Yeah, no, I definitely love that fight as well. And that fight and the next one started a trend, which I, I hopefully will stop following you. Cause I'm trying to see you get paid is you have, um, <laughs> award worthy performances, but then they happen to be on a card with something just ridiculous happens. You're like, all right, well, Billy had it until that. You know what I mean? Like, I thought that was going to be a fight of the night. I thought the the knockout was going to get performance of the night. And unfortunately, both those cards had some just ridiculous performances on them. Me, dude, me too. I've uh, both right after both fights. Well, the Alpha Ginger fight, you know, I got the win. I was super happy that I was able to get that because that was just like a, a, a ridiculous, like a training camp where we, we were literally – weren't allowed to go to the gym because there was like a, you know, a mm. virus going around. Like, you know, like it's like, that was when COVID was like at its, you know, it's scariest point of, you yeah. know, w- where things could have went. Um, so that was just a, a ridiculous training camp. So just getting that win, I was happy at the media though, was like, after we were talking to everyone, they're like, Oh, what are you going to do? You know, with that 50 grand, you know, if you get it, like Mm -hmm. they were acting like I legit just got fight of the night. So I was like, Oh, cool, cool, cool. And uh, I'm like, yeah, I would hope, you know, I would, I I hope I get it. That'd be great. And then after like, no, you didn't get it. But then they were like that, the Brandon Rovelvers, Tim Elliott card got fight. Got it. And I was like, what? Like it was, I was like, what? Like we just watched that fight in like the hotel. Like, that wasn't that good of a fight. So like, I didn't get that one. Uh, and then the last one, yeah, I get, I knock out Kyle Nelson with a, a nasty one punch, like one punch knockout after a, like a dog fight. Mm-hmm. And then that homeboy gets it that knocked out Kamal worthy. And I uh, already knocked out Kamal worthy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember the Kamal worthy fight Come too. On, Cause man. I watched that one when I was in Qatar, me and uh, I don't know if you remember him, uh, Mike Shane, another guy I trained at GTS for a while. Uh, yeah, we were yeah, both, yeah. 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 We I remember deployed. And so it's, Oh man, what time is it? It was like 3 a.m. or something like that there, and we're uh, we're watching that fight. I remember that combo where they knock out. That was a dope one too. That so. was wild. That was, he was definitely my toughest fight up until that point. Yeah. And 
my the game plan should have just been to to take him down and beat him up but i was like oh man he's knocking everyone out like i want to strike with him mm -hmm. and i remember arroyo we're fighting we're like moving around i'm like he's tagging me up a little bit i'm i'm hitting him every now and then but he was moving like quick and arroyo goes billy quit fucking around <laughs> uh, and uh solid coaching solid coaching right there my brother jim is like looking at me he's like he's like yeah dude he's like he's like a royal made it sound like you were just like messing around like you didn't want to take him down and uh and then and then i did i actually did take him down at one point in the second round beat him up a little bit and then the second round i knocked him out right right away right 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 when the bell rings yeah so so yeah, good times. I, I got a bit of coaching advice for you. You can have this one for free. Uh, okay. Take your last knockout and your fight. I think it was the V2 fights. Um, you hit the guy with the overhand right, and then you uh, ended up. Yeah, I think so. The rear naked choke with no hooks in. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, and then take that punch, and then the punch from your last fight, and show what it does when your punch is clean. Because I won two in your last fight was the, one of the cleanest ones I've ever seen, especially you know. Uh, in a real live third round fight, you know what I mean? When you're tired and exhausted and everything like that, it was just super clean. And then the one in uh, that fight with Reynolds was a bit more of an overhand, kind of like a, yeah. uh, a little bit more yeah. of a haymaker. And yep. one of them knocked the dude out and like, looked like it broke his face. And the yeah. other one, of course, still dropped the dude. They're both good punches yeah. when we land. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, that's, um, you know, a lot of that has to do with the technique a little bit, but mm -hmm. a lot of it has to do with the strength and conditioning um, I've been doing, especially for this la that last fight. And I'm going to turn it up even more for this next fight um, because going into the Kyle Nelson fight and even at the Alpha Ginger fight, the Alpha Ginger fight was the first fight at four. It was should have been. At, I should have made him do it at 45, but that was the first fight in a while where I felt like the dude was just way stronger than me because mm -hmm. during that pandemic, I wasn't really like lifting a lot of weights. Yeah. But I was doing a lot of conditioning. So I was really well conditioned, but not a lot of like heavy weightlifting because the, you know, the gyms were closed. So the Kyle Nelson fight, he was another guy who was like a big 45er. Mm -hmm. um, I got after it, like lifting weights, like lifting weights at uh, Driven, that place yeah. right here in South Tampa. You know, you, you see I'm posting there all the time. They put me through at least a couple sessions a week. I'm doing my sprints. I'm doing, you know, my other sessions. So doing all those conditioning sessions, um, that extra minute of rest that I got like in this last fight, mm -hmm. I was ready. Like that third round was just going to be like a bloodbath. Like I was ready just to go like ham for three minutes. So all that extra conditioning really helps me be able to land those harder punches in the later rounds. Um, and of course just doing, a, you know, throwing those punches hundreds of thousands of times, but, but yeah, that, um, that like loopy right hand, I was throwing it a lot earlier in the fight. A lot of it depends on what they're doing with their hands. Yeah. Like if their hands are like tight together, I was able to land that over the top on, on Nelson a few times, but they were just good, clean shots that like got in like around his hands. And I think that made him kind of open his hands up a little bit and going into that third round, he was a little tired. Um, and he had his hands open a little more and sure enough, Rawlings was like right before Rawlings was like, straighten up that, that, uh, straighten up that, uh, that right hand, or he said something like that. He's like, straighten up yeah. that right hand. I was like, okay, bet. And then, like, I went out there and like, I was touching him. I was like, oh man, I just saw an opening. I just laced him. Yeah. <laughs> And for everybody listening to that's crew, Dan Rollins, uh, Muay yes. Thai aficionado, one of the best. Dude, that dude's shins are made of granite. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Dude, crew, crew Dan is one of the best striking coaches in the world. Um, I've said it 
time and time again. He's always he's always with me. He's been with me for about at least 15 fights, I would say, mm-hmm. um, you know, amateur and pro like, cause he, you know, he was, he was with GTS for a while. He left for a while and then came back and replaced Parker who, who's another yeah. G it's amazing. Having Parker, he Parker's been back in Tampa too. Now yep. he, he basically did what opposite of you. He's, he came yeah, this yeah. way and went that way. Yeah. I have that effect uh, on people. They don't want to be around <laughs> me. They move. <laughs> oh, Brandon's coming here. I'm yeah. going back. <laughs> So, no, I don't. I don't think you had anything to do with it. Nah. it no, his his uh, daughter finished college, so he will move back yes. to Tampa. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so I wanted to ask you, man, because I haven't touched base with you since then. But like, uh, you did get diagnosed earlier this year uh, with COVID, which usually you know you want to keep it private. But you're a UFC fighter, yep. so everybody in the world found out about it. You know what I mean? Because uh, yeah. they <laughs> they ended up canceling Perfola's fight with that for that. So one, how were your symptoms during that? Because it seemed like you were largely asymptomatic, and then also just. How how was that whole feeling, you know, not only knowing that you got COVID, but then you got Frivolous fight canceled. It was just crap on top of crap, you know? <laughs> Dude, it was uh it was terrible. It was um so the the symptoms weren't bad at all. So 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 basically what happened was, uh for those who don't know, I was gonna go out there to, to corner Matt Frivola in his UFC fight and they you know, COVID test everyone once once they get there on site. And that was when was that? I think that was in July. It was mm-hmm. like definitely like the peak of when everyone in Florida had it. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I go out there, test positive. So they cancel for Rolla's fight. They cancel for Rolla's fight because we were in the same hotel room and, you know, we, you know, um, we're with each other. So not only did they put me on the, the COVID list, they put Frivola on the COVID list too. Yeah. So he couldn't even fly back. He had to go on a road trip with me. We had to, fl- we had to drive back, uh, from Vegas back to Tampa. <laughs> so we drove from in, in one day, we drove all the way to Tennessee, stayed at my buddy, Matt Bunce's house, and then uh, drove all the way from Bunce's back home to Tampa and got his fight canceled. I will say this though. I, I, I'm done apologizing about it, <laughs> I, you know, but I will say this: he did get paid uh, a decent amount of money. He got a, his, he got his show money and his, uh, and his win money. Mm-hmm. And he didn't even have to cut weight or fight. So yes, I am sorry about that. And and poor Matt Frivola breaks his foot this last fight. Yeah, yeah. Um. Has just just had a really rough year, but he'll be all right. He's a tough dude. And um. Uh. Yeah. That was super rough. I felt bad. Really felt bad for Matt. And then speaking of Matt Arroyo, he um he basically had to tell everyone that I had COVID and he said attendance dropped by like 50% the next like three <laughs> weeks. <laughs> so you just costed everybody. No, that's yes. great. no, I'm happy to hear that you, you obviously man that you made it through that and everything. I, I had my uh, pretty good expectations, you know, considering the physical mm-hmm. condition you're in that you were going to make it out. Okay. But you, you never know with uh, some of these things. So, uh, before I let you go, though, because I know uh, you got to get out of here, there's a couple things I have to make sure that I answer for it so people don't call me being a punk or a hater. Uh, one, I've been talking crap about your hair and your your facial hair and stuff like that. I've been team cut it off for sure. For, uh, but I've, okay. I've told you that, too, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but okay. uh, Two, I've definitely told the story a couple of times that's come up about the, uh, the perforated eardrum and how much I still hate you for that. <laughs> the perforated eardrum. Okay, uh, so first... Let me address the first one, and this this might uh, be a nice little clip for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I at this point my hair is just uh, on its own. It's just like growing nonstop, and I don't know what to do with it because I have to flex on, especially like all my all like my older brothers and my family and all all the bald people out there. Mm-hmm. You know, like for some reason I I am blessed to have just a lot of hair. Um, you know, it kind of grows kind of weird, but 
I still have a lot of hair and I was getting it cleaned up for my barber for a while. And then he basically took like a little break from COVID. So I was like, dude, I'm just going to let it grow. And so I let it grow, let the facial hair grow a little bit for this last fight, the Kyle Nelson fight. And, uh, you know, I got another fight coming up. Who knows? I got a lot to work with right now. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. I was actually thinking tomorrow about doing something, but some people want me to grow it out. Maybe like a Uriah Faber style, um, you know, cornrows, but I'll do something different for it. If anyone has any ideas, you know, let me know. Yeah, I'll pay for you to get cornrows for sure, man. If I could get, I, it seems <laughs> like they're harder to grow than you think, you yeah. know, like, or like longer, like it, like it's, it's a lot of hair. You have to have a lot of hair, I guess. Yeah, well, I, I'm I'm bald now, so this isn't useful information for you. But I used to have cornrows, so I'm very aware of what it takes okay. to get them. And it, it's for me because I, I have a sensitive scalp, I guess, or whatever. Painful as crap. It was like sitting in a chair, getting tortured for an hour. But it's all right. You'll be all right. Uh, but, but no, I, I don't mean the. I don't mean like. Uh, no, no, no you're talking like, just the length, right? Or yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. hold on a second. Check me out. Oh, yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> I, mean, I, I do got a, I do got a good head of hair. It's, hey, a, it's like long and wild. Look, man, you, 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 I can't tell you anything. You're knocking dudes out with this Samson hair, so you do what you got to do. Um, dude, you know how I knew? I, you know how I knew things were bad. This dude uh, uh, hit me up in my Instagram DMs, and he goes, "Hey, man, he's like, if you need a barber, I'll give you my, the first haircut on me." <laughs> And I'm like, I'm like, oh, th- thanks, man. I'll let you know. <laughs> so, so just to just to, you don't have to talk too much about it, but you can confirm that perforated eardrums that I'm not being a celebrity uh, hoe who's trying to make myself more connected. We were sparring. I don't remember one of us was probably getting ready to fight. Probably you, more likely than not. And there was just a, uh, I think a left, my left. No, it would have been your right. A right, like a little right hook, perfectly cupped my ear. And all oh. of a sudden, I just remember going time out in the middle of the fight because I was like, wait, everything's super loud right now. Something <laughs> right. <laughs> Dude, I'm I'm sorry about that, man. You, yeah. You're not the you're not the first person to, uh, you know, because like, I, I I vaguely remember that. Like I do mm. remember like you know you making jokes about it and me feeling you know saying I'm sorry. But uh, <laughs> no, you're not. I, I I remember there's been there's been other people. I remember there was someone I forgot who it was, and they you know because we we have so many training partners. When I'm getting yeah. ready for fights, all we're doing is like you know sparring like crazy and not eating a lot of food and stuff. And he comes up to me and I'm like, yo, what's up, man? And I, and I, and I forgot who it was, but they came up to me and like, yo, man, how you doing? I'm like, yo, man. And I looked at him and I'm like, I haven't seen him in a while. I'm like, yo, man, where have you been? And they looked at me and they're like, you serious? And I'm like, no, man, what? He's like, you messed up my knee like six months ago. <laughs> they're like, we were sparring and you like, like you picked <laughs> up and slammed me. And, uh, they're like, you're like, I've been out for six months cause my knee's been all jacked up. And I'm like, oh, my bad, dude. <laughs> I'm like, dude, my bad. And I'm like, I had no idea. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, and like they they were just coming back, and like I had no idea. Like they they didn't tell me or anything. No. I forgot who it was though. It was, I think it was someone who still trains. I don't remember, but it was just and like I was like, oh man, my, like my bad, like back like back to work. Like when I'm there, like I'm getting my reps in and getting my, you know, I'm I'm never like violently trying to hurt people but uh, you yeah. know sometimes sometimes it gets a little rough and yeah. you know how you know that's how how it how it kind of has to be yeah and dude it wasn't like a hard punch it just perfectly landed everything and i'm not i'm not actually salty about it it's just funny i know story. <laughs> but but like again yeah. you're like you're talking about because we're 
I've been to gyms where they try to hurt you, man. There, I've been to a couple here in Miami. I was telling the story of, uh, um, when I was talking, I think, to Luis or Mikey Conlon. I don't remember. But, yeah, dude, I've been to plenty of gyms where they try to hurt you. Not, not GTS whatsoever. They, in fact, if you hurt people, they're, Matt doesn't like anybody messing with his money. <laughs> you have to get out of there. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yo, he, had, he, was, uh, he was getting – he got a little upset with me um, running the amateur sparring. We had a couple incidences where, um, like, like, it was, like, two weeks in a row. Like, the one week – um, someone was just like bleeding all over the place and, and they cleaned it, but it was like, there was mm. still like blood everywhere. And, um, uh, then the one, then like the next week, someone like, like threw someone against the wall and they like twisted their leg and their ankle like just snapped and they oh. had a, a, like a severely broken ankle and Arroyo got like, he was like, dude, you gotta, you gotta start like making sure certain people can't spar. Like it's gotta be like a higher level group. Yeah. Yeah. No. So, all right. Last question, man, before I let okay. you go. How different is it for you, uh, let's say fear level wise or just experience wise in general, fighting in the UFC versus any of the other fights you've had? Does it just feel different or just, I mean, you've been doing it so long now, it's basically the same and with a uh, wind intensity and everything else, you know? Yeah, it, um, well, it's, um, the last two fights have both been at the UFC apex and they've both felt and they've all really they've all even the even the Kilborn fight in front of everyone in DC. Mm-hmm. I just feel like everything, all this crazy stuff happens like up to fight week, and you know you're promoting it and doing this and that. Like you do way more for it before the fight, and then the second I walk in the cage now, like I take a step in the cage and I start moving around, and it just feels like like this like this thing happens where it's like all right, it's time to fight now, and I look at the guy and I like. I kind of have this feeling like I, I know like shit's about to go down, but it's the same feeling every time now. Like it's the same feeling that like, it's just like a, a lesser version of like the last time, because like each fight you get like a little more and more comfortable, you know, in there. And I think when the fans come back, I think that's when I'm, I'm really going to, uh, you know, excel. Like, I think I'm going to have a lot of crazy energy in that fight. Um, but in the meantime, like with like the smaller crowds, I think it's a little more like like tactical and more uh, like uh, I don't know, like a like a just definitely a different type of environment. Gotcha. Yeah, definitely a little bit more focused and able to really, especially because of the way Matt yells, so you can hear him yeah, a lot more. You can hear him a lot, and uh, it's almost like uh, like you you know, obviously you see the cameras, and you you're I'm conscious that it's on ESPN or ESPN Plus or mm-hmm. you know uh, maybe a pay per view in the near future, and um, I'm conscious of that, but there's only a few people in the crowd and you look down, it says UFC, but then like ding, ding, ding. And it's all quiet. And it's like, almost like you're sparring, but it's almost like you're sparring against someone that is, you know, you know, is trying to knock you out, you know, like you're moving around and you're like, there's Mm -hmm. not a lot of people here, but like, this dude's trying to knock me out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, boss. You know, I'm not going to hold you up, man. Okay. I know you got to get to that chiropractor. So appreciate this, brother, man. <laughs> Always love talking to you. We got to catch up more often. I know that's uh, more my fault than yours. So I'll be in touch. Dude, no worries at all, man. Let's do it. All right. Take it easy, boss. All right. Later, bro. Thanks for checking out today's episode. Make sure that you like and subscribe to catch more Starting Nowhere.